That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that's cleaner than the floor of a 42nd Street Theater circa 1974. <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And we have another cram-packed show for you. It is that time once again for our monthly entry of the Top 100. Obviously, we're not going to forget the roulette. Uh, We have a listener review. That is, a listener asked us to review a movie, and we're going to do it. Um, To encourage more people to do the same, because we love to review all sorts of movies. And we'll probably get some time for some recently watched in there. As much as we can, but usually with the top 100, that eats up most of our time. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into the roulette, where we force each other to watch movies so that you can find those gems in the rough or avoid the garbage like the plague. And last episode, we had Staten Island Summer up against Antarctic Edge, 70 degrees south. Uh, Go ahead. Tell me what you thought of Antarctic Edge, 70 degrees south. Antarctic Edge. If ever there was a documentary that I thought was a sure thing, this would have been it because you're dealing with pretty scenery and anytime you go Antarctic or North Pole or something like that, it's always interesting to me. However, <laughs> this was a complete dud. Nah, are you serious? Com- complete 100% dud. I could barely make it. And it was short run time. This is the only, there is one reason to watch this and that is the pretty scenery and it's pretty. Um, it is one of, if not about the most boring nature documentary I have ever seen. I'm still not quite sure what it was about, <laughs> oh. uh, other than boring people talking about nothing really interesting. The movie truly did not have a focal point. Um, I mean, they hit on several different things vaguely, like climate change, they hit on that vaguely, Uh wildlife down there they hit on that vaguely people's jobs they hit on that vaguely but none of it was building to anything it was just random things it was like okay we're gonna just shoot some stuff with a nice camera and slap it together and you can't just do that and call it a documentary in my opinion I agree. It, it doesn't doesn't work and so if i mean you may want to give it a chance uh because it does look great but there's so many better movies out there that also look great, that has have beautiful scenery in it, uh, but that is literally the only thing. And it, even even with the beautiful scenery, you could still tell it was made on the cheap. It was not, this is not high-end stuff. So they spent all of their money getting there and getting back. Yes. <laughs> getting there, getting back, and whatever camera they used, um, which honestly, I... These these cameras that that look really good, they're not that expensive anymore. So honestly, yeah, it was probably just traveling there. Mm-hmm. But I was I was really let down. I was let down so much by that that I actually watched another one on my roulette um, in the off chance that it was would be better than that. Um, so it wasn't, of course. Oh. But, eh. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can tell us about that one when we get to recently watched. Warn, I will. Yeah, I'll, 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 it, please. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but, uh, uh, on my side, I had Staten Island Summer, uh, which is everything that you would expect it to be, pretty much, as far as this kind of 
teen comedy where high schoolers are graduating high school and working their summer job before they go off to college and your fat friend and you is trying to get laid and making all these <laughs> yep. jokes and it's it's exactly what you would expect it to be um kind of uh another one of those like uh ah that movie you freaking love to death super bad kinda, oh yeah just kind of like that I, and yeah. so I I enjoyed it. I gave it a th- I give this one a thumbs up. Um, I'm not going to give it a mega thumbs up. I could probably see myself watching it again because I kind of dug the weird and off the wall characters uh, and the whole Staten Island setting that amuses me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, will you like it? This is a complete wild card. You have so much love for Superbad and some of these yeah. movies that. You might go, this is a rip-off, I hate it. Or you could go, oh, it's just a lighter version of that, I like it. I have no idea, but I would love to hear what you think of it, uh, because you are the you have a wider barometer for these kinds of movies than I yeah. do, I feel. Um, and I have that on my, I do have that on my list, I do think it looks good. Uh, is there something that you could, I know you're kind of comparing it to Superbad, is there something like that it's, like, of course, then... You're not as big of a fan of Superbad as I am. I think Superbad is hysterical. Is it better, worse? Right? Th- I mean, is it? Well, I didn't right like there? Superbad, so I would I know. be the yeah, wrong person just... to ask that. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it's very similar in that. I mean, it's that total cookie cutter kind of thing, though. You know, it's it's you got the kind of normal guy as your main guy, and he is a fat, ugly Jonah Hill type friend, but. <laughs> He gets bonus points because he's not Jonah Hill for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So okay. I automatically yeah. like him better than, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I, yeah. getting gum stuck on your shoe. And then, you you know, there he's trying to hook up with the impossibly hot chick. And you know that he's going to, even though it's in the real world, he never would. Um, yeah. It's that, you know, it's... it's where, where does it fall in line with uh, the Inbetweeners movies? I'm guessing you probably like the in between. Oh, I, I like those better, but those are so insanely filthy and, I, and oh, I raunchy <laughs> and weird and awkward. These aren't. This wasn't that awkward. It was. It was a lot more playful than those. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay, but I did like it. I, I, I'm trying not to make it sound like I'm giving it a negative. I did enjoy the movie. Uh, it yeah. just. I I have no idea where you. I seriously, you could come back and be like, "Oh, that was a good time. I enjoyed it." You could come back and be like, "I freaking hated." You yeah. know, I have no idea, but definitely report back on that one. Oh, I will. Um, yep, I definitely will. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, this week's picks. What did, what did it uh, go? Run out okay. list what I gave you and tell me what you're coming up okay, with. Okay, you gave me Patchtown Asylum, which is a 2005 movie. Uh, Ejecta. Uh, now, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, uh, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Uh, Juaja? Or Jaja? Sure, I, why not? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and The Wrecking Crew. And out of those, uh, very interesting uh, choices thrown my way. Uh, I think that I'm going to go with Patchtown, but it's like 49% uh, Ejecta, 51% Patchtown. So I'm going to probably watch both before the next show, because they both look insanely cool to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I guess... Patch Time was the first one that on the list that you sent me, so I'm like, that's the one. Yeah. So, I yeah. want to see both of those. Uh, they're both high on my list. That, that Juwaja or whatever it's called, that's got uh, oh, gee, just terrible names. Uh, what a day! It's, it's been a, a hell of a day. Um, yeah. it, 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 the guy from Lord of the Rings, 
and uh, oh, Vigo Mortis. Yeah, yeah, Vigo, Vigo, Vigo Mortis. Yeah. I saw the trailer for it, and it looked kind of weird, like a maybe a Jim Jarmusch western type. Like it looked really kind of art housey oh. and bizarre and independent. But reviews or the Netflix at least score on it not so high. The Patch Town was surprisingly high. Uh, so, as I recall, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Over on my side, uh, you gave me Kill Me Three Times, Phantom of the Louvre, Run, DNA, and Thief. Thief I own, but I haven't seen him forever. That's the one with James Caan. That's Michael Mann, Mm -hmm. one of Michael Mann's first movies. Uh, DNA sounded cool, but then it has Mark Damascus, Gas Ghost, whatever in it. (laughs) And I was like, eh, it screams asylum. Uh, Run uh, was parkour guys stealing stuff i thought that looked kind of cool I, I it did but run run and the cover is so generic it's like eh, you know that's gonna blow but <laughs> might give it a chance we'll see but i think i'm gonna take phantom of the louvre because kill me three times looks cool and i'm i'm sure that would be the easy pick but i'm gonna go with the phantom mm. of the louvre mm. um I had given that one to you a while back, and yep, I think and it's still it looks cool. on my queue. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. And I'm like, okay, now it's gonna go your way. That's fine. I'll take it. So. I'll dive on that grenade because I've been wanting to, and now I I have the push. So now you do know that that is more of a um, I don't want to say family friendly, but it's definitely not a full on horror movie. It's more of a PG, maybe PG thirteen ish rated. Um, eh. Nah. Whatever, but no, but still, it got actually it got very good reviews, uh, a lot of good reviews for that one. So I'm very interested to hear your take on that. Yep, I was interested to hear yours, and that's why I threw yeah. it on there. But that's all right, I'll yep. dive on it. You're, I, it's like I threw the grenade, and you like batted it right back at me, and it's like, no, it's yeah, your. <laughs> that's okay. Yep. Um, okay, that wraps up the roulette, and we breezed right through that very well. Let's move right on to the top 100. And Here we go. in this episode, we have number 50 through number 41. A pretty good uh, pretty good list. We have crossed the 50 line. We are now into the top 50. And yeah. as we always like to say, it's getting so hard to pick, and we love all these movies, and yada, yada, yada. Um, shit, shit just got real. Yeah. <laughs> If I can steal a line from Martin Lawrence, yeah. just, just, shit just got real. Oh, you can. Michael Bay going to sue somebody, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, all of a sudden, we're kicked off of iTunes because somehow Michael Bay found out. Whoa, oh. whoa. The stick figure guys. No, no, no. no. Copyright infringement. <laughs> He's like, my buddy from Terminator 2 told me all about you assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've been watching oh. you. Okay, let's talk about better movies than those. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, number. I'll start off. Number fifty. I have uh, Hayao Miyazaki's *Spirited Away*, uh, mm. a transcendent piece of animation. If ever there was one, I love this movie. I actually thought I was going to have a few more animated movies in this this round, but I ended up bumping them up just because I like to watch them so often. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason this one fell down so far uh, is because it is so bizarre. It is hard to make out uh, what everything is going on in this film. You know what I mean? There's like, what yeah. does that mean? What is that? Like, so many metaphor for this and that, and it gets 
a little convoluted. And every time I watch it, I I feel like I understand it a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also not ripping it off the shelf once a year because the ending is emotional, as most Miyazaki films are. Uh, but I do love this movie very much. It is just brilliant animated film. This, that's my. That's actually my fa- my favorite movie from uh, from him. Really, I'm surprised. Yes. Okay, that's cool. I, I love Spirited Away, and that's actually one that my wife uh, she loved it as well, and uh, that's very surprising. I haven't watched it in many years, but we both were like, that was fantastic. And I think that might be the reason why I like it so much is because. Just sometimes when you watch a movie with someone that equally loves it, it just it makes the movie all the better. I have to Versus... really push you then to start watching some more Miyazaki because that I would say that is his weirdest and most difficult to comprehend. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, then you need to see his ones where it's a little more straightforward story. Those are uh, it's yeah mine. Uh, you there? I think that there's at least one, maybe two more ahead of this one. So oh, nice. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, so for number fifty. Very similar to yours, actually. Uh, VHS Part Two. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are you know, usually got... stocked beside each other on the sore shelves. Yes. Or if you like yes. this on Netflix, you're sure to like yes. this. Yes. Yes. And I know it's a fairly new release, um, but uh, and I actually I looked at that one and out of my list uh, there was only one that I switched around uh, and I actually bumped one that was at number number forty seven. Actually got bumped up and I I brought that one that was up higher down you'll see soon but vhs2 i almost took off but because of how amazing safe haven is in that movie uh it gets an official spot on my top 100 that is the best short movie i have ever seen i i love it to death and and on top of that every short film on vhs2 is a home run to me but especially safe haven i that's my type of grueling horror that I that I love uh, and it's it's I've seen the movie four times now at least maybe five oh wow and every time every time I'm just like oh here we go and it's it's great mm-hmm. I love it so cool uh, I, I saw the movie I enjoyed it but uh, I agree that one is, you're talking about the uh, cult one the cult short story yep. yeah, that, yeah that was amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, number 49 for me is, and this was a tough one to have down this low, uh, is Dances with Wolves. Uh, I love this movie. It's one of the few westerns that I enjoy, and some people tell me it's not a western, and I think those people are mm, nuts. I get that argument a, a lot, but anyway. Uh, the reason it fell so far is that I still have take issue with the ending. I mean, it is... It's understandable. It's an understandable ending, but it mm-hmm. just sort of ends and wanders off in the distance, and there's no great resolution, but that's kind of the way that that conflict went, uh, or has, I don't know, has gone, whatever, uh, however you want to put it. Um, so it kind of doesn't go anywhere, and it's kind of sad, the way the the very end conclusion is. But I still think that movie is a 10, it's a masterpiece, and probably arguably my favorite Western of all time. I love that movie. It's amazing. Number 49. 49 for me is uh, Wicker Man. Back in 19... I want to say yes. 1970 Nick, or Nick, Nicholas Cage and uh, Bees. Nicholas Cage yes. is in this one, yes. And he rides a bike. He steals a bike in this one. <laughs> he does some furry things in a bear suit or something yes. like that. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> uh, 
you have seen the original Wicker Man. Uh, I was the one that told you you need to see the original Wicker Man because I bought the okay. Anchor Bay wood yes, box. Yes, that's right. Yes, I bought that and I was like, you have got to see this. This is amazing. Yeah. If ever there is a huge, if you want to know what I like, <laughs> listeners out there, watch the Wicker Man because there you go. Weird with a total batshit nuts ending. The ending makes the movie, but everything that leads up to the great ending, um, it's done so well and it makes it all the weirder and surreal and creepy. Um, but just lots of pagan, weird, culty weirdness and Christopher Lee and and me- musical bits where they're singing and oh it's so bizarre it's so bizarre and the ending it, it's it's done so well and you and I remember the first time I saw it I'm like are you kidding me whoa and because it's an abrupt ending and it I would not think I, I don't know how else they could have done it it worked beautifully but huge thumbs up. That's a five-star movie, by the way. Oh, I agree. Oh it's a masterpiece. I love it. I <laughs> yeah. own that wooden Anchor Bay box, and uh, that's one yep. that, if you're not even a huge horror fan, you could enjoy. Uh, yes, I agree. If you, especially if you enjoy movies with religious undertones, mm-hmm. give that one a whirl, because, wow, that's a great mm-hmm. film. I still have not seen the remake. I want to see that one, because uh, it's so bad it's, I, I don't know. I want to see Oh, it. it's so bad. Oh. <laughs> I watch clips from it and see bad reviews on YouTube, and they're hilarious. I'm like, I got to see this thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number 48 is, for me, The Black Hole. And I think we've spent more than enough time talking about Disney's The Black Hole, but even mentioning it... <laughs> I start... I'll have the song stuck... The score stuck in my head for the next three days <laughs> yep love that movie. and the big the big asteroid coming through the ship i still don't know how they did that me too it's amazing me too i love it <laughs> i love it give me a yep. freaking blu-ray already because i can still oh. see the strings on the actors as they're floating in quote floating. unquote zero g yeah yes oh yeah but but and then there's the well yeah and that's I, another one that is prime for remake go ahead and remake that one i don't have any problem with that I'll, yes, I'll that, watch it. Would make a... If it sucks, I'll say it sucks, but eh, not going to affect yeah. my opinion of the original. I love the fact that the, the storyline itself is, especially for the 70s, was pretty out there, and it, it lends it. I think it would lend itself beautifully to a, a remake. I would love to see a remake for that. Me too. So. 48. Okay, 48. It's interesting that you had Black Hole. Uh, I actually have an outer spacey type movie for my number 48, and it is my favorite non-Daniel Craig James Bond movie, and that would be Moonraker. Nice. Yep. I uh, Of all of the Bond movies, and I watch them all for the most part, there's a couple that I've watched maybe once or twice, but for all the rest, mo- most of them I watch over and over and over, and Moonraker, though, is the one that I always go back to at least once a year because it's about the most fun to me, and it's one of, if not my first memory of James Bond uh growing up and uh it's just i love the fact that it ends with an outer space battle uh with pretty good special effects i might add i think the special effects were good um but i just i enjoyed it jaws is in it and it's roger moore's best james bond movie hey i tend to agree Uh, with you but we are the odd men out that movie is i know vile but uh i know I, i agree i think that was one of my earlier exposures to bond and i was like flying around in space and space lasers and this guy's got a metal mouth and hell yeah this is awesome yeah 
and I yep. still enjoy it. it. It holds up for me, and not, I mean, like a lot of them, I go back and watch, and I'm like, oh, that was terrible. But uh, yeah. I still like that one, too. Uh, okay, number 47, and this is one that might be controversial, because it has very mixed reviews, but I absolutely love it, and I'm talking specifically about the director's cut of this movie, and that is Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. This is mm. one of the finest high-definition uh, animated features I have ever seen. And part of that comes from loving the game Final Fantasy VII. That was a hallmark of uh, being a 90s kid and coming up with uh, video games at that place and time. and might not be as appreciated by the younger generation or the older, uh, but I was right at the prime of that. And that wasn't even me playing it. That was just me watching other people playing it. To date, I have still never beaten a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> mm. They are incredibly hard and require a lot of time, and I just don't understand most of them. But I loved the game and loved watching people play it. And I've seen people play through it all the way. And so having this movie that picks up like a few years later and continues on with the animation being so mind-blowing. And, like, with the director's cut, the last, like, 45 minutes is an action scene. And it just is relentless. It does not stop. And I love it. It's amazing, even if the story is convoluted. Um, is that, uh, it, was that on PlayStation 1, that game? The first one, or... yes. Final Fantasy okay. VII was on PlayStation 1. That was the first one on PlayStation 1. And it okay. was, like, a four-disc... Uh, game. I have it. I have all of the PlayStation 1 Final Fantasies. <laughs> 7, 8, and 9. Okay. Um, wow. But anyway, that that is a that is one that is a, uh, a visual tester for your system. Uh, if you want to know how HD looks in Blu-ray and animation, this is, this is it. And it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. That is a Sony... I'm, I'm sure that's a Sony release. I, right? Yeah, yes. I would guess. Okay. Okay, 47 for me is Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects. Um, I, not I, We've talked about this on this show. I've talked about this on Underbelly. It is hardcore. It's for a... I hate, hate to call it mainstream, but it is. I mean, it got a theatrical release. Pretty good reviews. It actually got really good reviews. Uh, I saw it with you in the theater. And I remember walking out of... And, I, and House of a Thousand Corpses as well. And I just remember Devil's Rejects, I just came out like, oh, that was so nasty and hardcore, and it was awesome, and I loved it. And uh, upon review, uh, upon numerous viewings after the fact, it gets harder and harder to watch it because it is so damn mean-spirited the whole way through. Uh, and the fact that Rob Zombie actually uh, twists the... Uh, I mean, th these characters are so despicable. Everybody, every single character in the movie is despicable, but our actual killers are almost... You are led to almost almost feel sympathetic for them. Mm. Um, <laughs> to, to a certain extent... I, uh, I know that's what he's going for, but that's part of my issue with it. I don't have anybody to root for. Everybody's such an unbelievable a-hole. I just... Eh. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, but the, the, the music, it's almost, sometimes Rob Zombie, for a couple of his movies, almost re remind me of a horror version of what Quentin Tarantino does with his movies, with cool, old-school, uh, grindhouse type feel and music and the actors. There's a lot of actors from older movies that you're like, oh, I remember him in this and this and this movie. Yeah. So, anyway, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've seen it since the theater, and it was uh, was hard to watch. It made me feel like kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's like, oh, that was very well made, but I am uncomfortable and I need a shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but there was just nobody to root for in that movie. That was the hardest part for me. It's like, give me at least somebody. But uh, yeah. nope, not so much. But that's okay. Um, nope. <laughs> okay, number forty-six, uh, Tron Legacy. Um, I was a little young to have developed a lot of love for the first Tron movie, except in retrospect, you know, way after the time it came out. Um, and I grew to really like that film, really appreciate it. And Tron Legacy took it to this whole other world, this whole other dimension, and I adore that film. And it gets better every single time I watch it. It will never have a full 10 score for me because that... Uh, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Bridges? Jeff Bridges, thank you. His CGI young make, uh, CGI crap, make him look young, is still kind of dodgy at, yeah. at best. It, it, they never got that quite fixed. And maybe down the road they'll put in a little money and fix that. But considering they just canceled Tron 3, I doubt it. That's such a bummer. They were really moving forward with that, with the original people still all back in. And I was like, yes, go, go. But they canned it. So hopefully one day it'll come back and I'll get a Tron 3 and hopefully it's Joseph Kaczynski directing it because I've yeah. fully enjoyed everything he's done so far and he's on yeah. for the Black Hole remake and um, anyway, I, I know that a lot of people were like, eh, on that one but well, give it another chance. Watch that thing again. The special effects are amazing. That is the disc that I put in when I need to tweak my sound system or check the visuals or something. It, it is always Tron Legacy. As my Tron Legacy 3D Blu-ray yeah. continues to sit on uh, the on the shelf, not getting watched, not getting watched <laughs> once, and I keep nagging you about it. And you're like, "What can I watch with the wife?" And I'm like, "Tron Legacy, Tron Legacy." And you're like, "Eh, <laughs> that's all right, that's okay." Because yeah, I, I know you, I know it'll happen. I see. I have to. This is the problem with our entire relationship. I I, I always have to nag you to get you to do shit. And you're just like, eh, 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 until I nag and nag and nag, and I'm like, it's great, it's great, it's great. And finally you sit down to watch it, and, I'm like, and by the time you finally give in to watch it, you're like, Eric has been nagging me for two years. Clearly, this is the greatest thing that has ever occurred. And then you'll put in something like Tron Legacy, and you'll be 15 minutes in, and you go, ah, this isn't the greatest thing ever. Eh, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it in the theater and I really enjoyed it. But I don't. I I'm not sure why I haven't watched it again. I yeah. me either. But that's all right. I have a feeling yeah. that this winter it is you'll be ready again. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've shown it to Addie and she's started nagging me recently. Hey, I want to watch Tron Legacy again. I'm like, all right. And I made her watch the first one first. And the first one's 90 minutes and feels like two and a half hours. Um, I still like that movie, yeah. but for somebody like her that wasn't around in the 80s, eh, eh, that thing has no bearing on her whatsoever. It's just weird yeah. and bad special effects. Um, and then you watch the second one, and it's two and a half hours. That feels like 90 minutes, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I love that movie. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. Next. Okay. So 46 is uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Uh, this is, And at this point, by the way... From here on out, there's going to be a lot of horror movies. Uh, whenever I'm a horror guy, and so I'm just looking over from even from 40 to 1. I'm like, 
there's a lot of horror in here. That's okay. But... Even as I was compiling this 10, I was like, I, at this point, you could just, just throw them up in the air. Just pick one. It doesn't. Yeah. They're all kind of at the same for me. So, Yeah, I agree. And Jaws, uh, you know what? Jaws honestly could have even been farther down the list. There's a lot of movies on my list that I actually enjoy more than Jaws. And Jaws is fantastic. But I think I, think I like it... Um, I like it so much, and I put it this high because of the relevancy of the movie and, and what it did to the summer blockbuster and just how important that movie is. So, I honestly, I like Raiders of the Lost Ark better than Jaws. I like uh, Predator better than Jaws. Uh, and those are down farther on the list, but it's this high because of of what it did for movie making. So... And and it is a great movie. I got it's you. a fantastic movie. So. It's still on my list. Oh. Yep. In a future episode, I don't know how far it'll go, but we'll we'll have to see. Okay, uh, number forty-five for me is, and now I'm I'm gonna breeze over a couple because they're starting to get mainstream here. But I find this movie to be extremely underrated, and it was great at, in its time. It did well at the box office at least, but I think that this film has added layers to it that deserves more people watching it more often or giving it more praise and that is the hunt for red october Ooh, uh good yeah good choice this there. is my favorite sub movie uh submarine movie and you know i i always liked it as a kid and the older i got and the more i watched it i realized i didn't understand all of the story <laughs> because more of the layers started popping out and i was like oh wow they did this to do that you know you just understand it more as an adult and it was also brilliantly shot and what has happened to mctiernan it, it, this was mctiernan right it was yeah why is he not i mean he just made like a handful of just masterpieces and then everything's been downhill ever since but uh i think that this is a brilliant film and give it another chance if you haven't seen it in a while i know i turned you around on it and it's about time oh you did about time Man. for you to watch it again <laughs> you actually when i was living in florida uh, that's when I rewatched it for the first time since the theater. I watched that one time in the theater with my parents back when I was younger, and I'm not sure what struck up our conversation. You and I, we had a conversation or some something. What I think somehow, I had just mentioned that I was watching it. And I was like super jazzed, and you're like, okay, yeah. yeah. But I rewatched it with my wife, and we were both like, this is so good. Yeah. Uh, and I think honestly, I think that the first time I watched it because I was pretty young. I don't think I because it's it's very very plot heavy and I don't think I quite grasped it when I when I saw it because I was expecting a slam bam action movie submarine movie and it's not that um, but now that I'm a lot older it's like oh I love this dialogue I love this espionage story it's it's, it's fantastic that's if I didn't give it a five star rating it was four and a half but I have a feeling it was a five star for me it was great movie. yeah it was way up there and this is the first yeah. of the Jack Ryan movies and I wish and best I wish so bad I agree and I wish so bad Alec Baldwin would have kept doing them nothing against mm -hmm. Harrison Ford he did a fantastic job as well and I really like his entries but oh I love Alec Baldwin and he did so well I just wish mm -hmm. he would have franchised it and kept going it would have been his Bond or uh, Jack Reacher or whatever the hell you want to call it yeah, yeah, I know. I agree. He was he. I I did like him better than than Harrison Ford because we went and watched the Harrison Ford versions and the uh, uh, Ben Affleck one. Ben Affleck one, yeah. Which and they're all, honestly, I like them all. Uh, I think they're all good in their own right. But 
Red October is easily the best. Easily. I agree. So, Number 45. 45 for me is John Landis's An American Werewolf in London. One of the finest examples of a comedy and horror combination. And we have discussed this movie in depth with our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. We all watched the movie up here uh, and discussed it. And so... Would this possibly be the first example of a horror comedy? Was there something, anything before this that would have fallen into that subgenre? Uh, I mean, if there was, it wasn't like this. Because this was, like, knowingly yeah. trying to be, like... And, w- like, witty. Not not even slapsticky, but just very sly, witty humor. I love... It's such a great Oh, movie. it's fantastic. Anybody um, that says otherwise that, is wrong. That's that's all there is to yes. that. <laughs> and, and watching the this, the making of and, and behind the scenes and, and John Landis, how hard it was for him to get the movie made, and, and the fact that it was hard to sell the studio on this movie because it's like, well, it's a comedy and a horror movie. And it's like, what? That doesn't work. Those don't work together. Yes, they do. They work beautifully if done right. And this is... This is the best example of how to make a horror comedy work. Uh, there is not, in my opinion, there is none finer than American Werewolf in London. I agree. It's a fantastic film. So, it is second yeah. only to American Werewolf in Paris. That's for another time. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> he said extremely sarcastically. Uh, number forty-four. I have David Fincher's Seven, uh, a masterpiece of. Uh, recent, I guess you would say, cinema. Um, it truly is a masterpiece of cinema. The only reason it's down this far, it's a major twist, and once you know the twist, it it, it loses a touch of rewatchability, um, but also it's just so damn dark and dirty and mean. This is a February movie, if ever there was one. Mm-hmm. Um it's not one where you're like, hate the summer, let's watch Seven. Woohoo, good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much more to say about that. That's a pretty mainstream pick, but I, I had to have it in there somewhere. You do know, that was that movie in and of itself created a whole subgenre. There was so many movies after that was that were like, oh, it kind of looks and feels like Seven. Or it's the die, or, it's or, the die or, Hard yeah. effect. It's Die Hard in a sub. It's Die Hard on a boat. It's Die Hard yes. in a... It, they did the same. It's Seven and a this. It's a Seven and a that. Yes. You know? Yep, I know. Yep, yeah. I saw that movie uh, in the theater uh, on opening weekend with a fir- on a first date, and that was one of the most uncomfortable, awkward ride homes of a first and only ever first date ever. Because there was nothing after that. Because that was that's the anti first date movie. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I saw Stanley Kubrick's last one on a first date. <laughs> Ooh, ouch! Ugh, Actually, went so all right. It, it, so. <laughs> No, there you go. Um, but uh, uh, the first time I saw Seven was, uh, that was one of those that, you know, back in the day before the internet, it just slipped by my radar. And uh, I was at work in a grocery store and a buddy told me, oh, you haven't seen Seven? Yeah, that's a great movie. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And I was just going to rent something up there at the cupboard. Um, and I got two movies that friends had recommended I'd never seen. It, it was Seven and The Crow. And... I went home, and my buddy was coming over later that evening, and we were going to watch movies and hang out, and I was like, you know what, I can't wait, this looks too cool, I'll just watch one. And I watched The Crow, and then I watched Seven, back to back. And right about that time, he came, got off work and came over, and I said, okay, here are the two movies we're watching. I immediately watched them both over again, because <laughs> I loved both of them, and I still do. You do know who did the uh, effects for Seven? 
I'm asking no. No, I don't. That was that was a Rob Botine, the oh, uh, really? effects artist from from the thing. I yes. actually would have that was the first name to pop into my head, but it's just the first effects artist that popped into my head. I didn't actually know yeah. that. So, eh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So, anyway, I could actually I could talk a long time about Seven. I that movie is so good and just seeing that it's it's interesting now that we're getting down to some of the really really great movies our history with those movies and how important those movies impacted us and where we were in our lives at that time when the movie came out. And in fact, like you remember when, uh, when uh, the movie uh, Butterfly Effect came out, those characters are actually watching the movie Seven in the theater in that movie. And uh, I think that's really cool. I, I'm, that actually made me feel old. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> that's now the movie. Aston yeah. Kutcher is watching Seven, and he's a kid in that. And, uh, so. and, and anyway... Following that derail, I remember watching Twister and and seeing them at the drive-through and they're watching uh, the, the, Shining, Sh- the Shining, and I was like, "Yes, what the hell is that movie?" Because I'd rather be watching the that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you'd rather be watching that movie than Ty's favorite disaster movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Twister too, but I, I also no, going it back it backing good. up just a hair though. Um, with where we were in cinema at the time. I, yeah, I, you know, when Jurassic Park came out, that was like, I was depressed after the first viewing. I was excited and depressed because I was like, cinema will never get better than that. But that was, yeah. you know, I was, I don't know, 12. <laughs> and then yeah. that, the, with Seven and the Crow, that double header I did that night, just in my basement, VHS, full frame. That's so great. That was, that was a seminal moment in my growth as a cinema fan. It was like... Yeah. Both of those movies completely altered the way that I looked at movies. One that's kind of comic booky, but very anti-hero, vigilante, murders people. Yeah. And the other was Seven, where it's like, I don't even know what to feel after that. Like, it was a movie so brilliantly shot and designed, and then with its ending, really, like, I had to think, like, it was the kind of thing where it's like, I just witnessed something. I gotta think about it for yes. a while, because I don't understand how I feel about it because of the ending. Um, and and not 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 just the ending, but the end credits too. When we see the end credits rolling backwards mm-hmm. with the Nine Inch Nails song, it's so unnerving. And I like I, honestly, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it because it's one of the most brilliant uses of end credits and the the song. Yep. It goes so beautiful together. Um, it's it's a masterpiece. Masterpiece. And that was one of that. Fincher's that best. might be the first time that I was like taking note of the people that made the film. That might be one of the first times where I was like, David Fincher, I will watch whatever he makes. Like, I, mm-hmm. wow, that was just mm-hmm. um, remarkable. Anyway, uh, number 44. 44 for me is, uh, you actually mentioned it earlier in the show, uh, Superbad. Oh. And, and you know, I rewatched this one fairly recently, uh, and I love it. Every bit as much as the first time I watched it, and I know it. It may not be the perfect movie, but it reminds me so much of of the awkwardness of being a teenager, and it feels like I know I know Jonah Hill, whatever. But it everybody is like firing on all the right cylinders to me. To me, the jokes. You're not alone. Work. There's a lot of people that love Super Bad. I'm yeah. the odd man out on that movie. It's okay. Yeah. I understand. Go on. And, and, and somehow, somehow, in the in the end of this raunchy, raunchy, funny comedy, it gets very touching and heartfelt, and I, I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. I wish that I could get my wife to watch it. 
because of how much I love this movie, but there is just simply no way. So I just enjoy it by myself, and I laugh, and I... It makes me feel young again, seriously. that's It comes down to just that time when, you know, when it was all about partying and trying not to look too much like an idiot in front of other people, and now it's like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I had no emotional reaction with that movie whatsoever. I did not connect with it on any level or think it was that funny, except I liked Michael Sarah. I always liked Michael Sarah. And my favorite yeah. thing with him, I just saw like a couple weeks ago on... Uh, it was a meme online where they said, I'm pretty sure that Michael Sarah didn't start off as an actor. He just kind of wandered onto a set one day, and then somebody said, you're in the movie, and he felt awkward, so he just went ahead and read the lines and has been doing that ever since. <laughs> and I thought... Because he's awkward in everything. I that is brilliant. <laughs> but I, I, I really dig Michael Sarah, but... Everybody, I, I just, that movie did nothing for me. I was bored, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. I'm the yep. odd one out on that one. Okay. Uh, number 43. And this is another one that might stir up some controversy because this is my favorite movie from this director, and that would be Roman Polanski's The Ninth Gate. Um, Ooh, good one. Now, nice. He, I, I am a fan of his. His artwork, his directorial output, that is what I'm a fan of. Uh, lots of controversy with that man and, and the 70s Hollywood and rape and uh, not good yeah. things. So it, I always kind of feel a little wrong if I watch one. I haven't really watched any of his last few. Um, I think the last one, the most recent one I watched was The Ghost Rider, which is a mm -hmm. fantastic film on its own, too. Um, but The Ninth Gate would be my personal favorite because it has Johnny Depp acting not quite like Johnny Depp usually acts and uh, being very vulnerable. And it's about uh, antique books and summoning devil and cult and all kinds of weird horror stuff that that is very interesting through a Rowan Polanski lens. And the, my yeah. favorite thing about his directorial style is patience. And that, I mean, he is patient. We're going to slow push this camera down the hall and Rosemary's Baby. And you're going to think, why is it going at this pace? It feels like it shouldn't. And then you realize, this is so intense, I'm sweating. Um, that that guy knows what to do with a camera. And it, yeah. so much so that you're like, I, uh, I feel wrong watching his movies because he's a scumbag. But at the same time, it's so brilliant, can't look away. <laughs> But then again, once yep. you start down that road, it's sort of like, well, if you're not going to watch movies of people who are scumbags, you would never watch any movie ever. Sorry, that's just the truth of the situation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can find uh, horrible things about uh, somebody in every movie. Okay, number yeah. 43. I, 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 oh, I'm going to yeah, just touch yeah, on, touch on Ninth Gate. Uh, I will agree with you. That is, to me, and I'm a horror guy, that is... Easily my favorite Roman Polanski. That was movie. another one that I convinced you to watch. It took some time. Oh, I, I I called you. I called you after the movie, or even most of the way through. I liked it so much. I remember the first time. I'm like, I have got to call you. This is awesome. Why have it? Why has it taken me this long to watch this? Because um, you um, don't listen to me. That's why. 
because <laughs> uh, I'm like this. It was like Johnny Depp and there's a Dodge Viper in this, and it's there's <laughs> devilly culty horror shit going on, and, it, and it, but it's but it's done so well that it's not exploitative. It's just a very very well made movie, and it's an, another one I watched it several times. And the more you watch it, the more you're like, oh, okay, because it's it's it layers, not all layers the, in that yes. movie. Yeah, yep, I love that movie, love it. In fact kind of pisses me off that it's not in my top 100 now because I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> oh, that's not an episode of the top 100 if I'm not screwing up your top 100, so. <laughs> All is right with the world. Uh, okay. 43 for me is the Black Christmas remake. Ooh. Uh, yep. That one is an easy top 100 for me. Uh, as far as its placement, I it is a slasher movie. I can't put it a whole lot higher than what it is, but I watch this religiously every year over Christmas, and it bombed at the box office, and it pretty much got its director to uh, say, I'm done. I, he, I'm not sure if he's directed anything since then. This is 2006. The only other movie that he did direct was uh, Willard with Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Everything about Black Christmas works beautifully uh, with the setting and uh, with the killer, the the garishly bright, Christmassy, happy, warm feel of the way it was shot. Uh, it, it's shot like a family movie. That's it, that's the best way to describe it is is the lighting and the warm Christmas feel, and it is just brutally graphically. Horrifically violent, and I, I, I love it. I love the, the storyline. Almost twisted comedy because of how insane the movie is. But um, and every, all of the girls in the movie are kind of sort of bitchy, but they're cool bitchy. Like it's not like you're annoyed by any of them really. I've, I like none of them. I hate. All of them, I'm like, I, these are kind of cool chicks. I kind of dig them. It was a tender and... balance, and I'll dive in here. You, This is one that you tried to get me to watch for a while, and it was never available anywhere, and the whole premise sounds uh, terrible, and uh, the cover is terrible, and the title is terrible, and uh, all of it just screams Eugene and not me. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I was all hyped up about Silent Night, Deadly Night, and so I was like, okay, I'll give, I'll give this other Christmas slasher a chance, and I bought the DVD. This is the only way I can get it unrated. Uh, yes, it is. And I haven't seen the original Black Christmas, but look, if I'm telling you that everything Eugene said is totally accurate and correct, then you know that you have the perspective of somebody who is not super horror guy, that's super slasher guy. Uh, everything yeah. about... This movie, he said, is completely accurate. I love this movie as well. I've seen it a couple, only a couple of times, but it holds up, and it, it's, it's so twisted in its art style, and it's it just works, and it and shockingly yeah. so. Like, and it, they do dance that fine line of with the characters. Uh, it's a, it takes place in a sorority, so they're all pretty much all female. But uh, yeah. they take they really dance that line between bitchy and I hate you bad character written. It's and it's yeah. it doesn't cross fully over. I mean, there's some that you like a little less, but it's not like oh I hate all of these people. I hope they die. Um, some you're like oh they're just kind of being catty uh, the yeah. way that you know the sorority sisters are in movies. 
But other than that, it's a good movie with an interesting story and interesting twists along the way that even I didn't see coming, and uh, it it doesn't play out at cliché. So... It doesn't, and, I, and that's another reason I like the movie, is it's not just a typical slasher movie. There is a lot of backstory with the, the killer himself and that they tie into the movie flashbacks or whatever, and it, it's just not a typical, just, here's a killer killing people, there's more to it. I, I love it. I love the movie. I agree. So, anyway. Number 42, Primer. Uh, I was surprised this movie fell this far tell you the truth i thought it'd be a little higher but you know that's just where it went and it's hard for me to it's weird that i have to say that this is probably my favorite time travel movie of all time considering that there is another time travel movie ahead of this one uh but i love that movie for different reasons this movie i'm in love with for its time travel aspects as being somewhat scientific i think maybe it's hard to tell because they it's the most uniquely written film I've, I've come across in a long time, where it, all the dialogue mm-hmm. feels real. It's found footage without being found footage. Um, they, it's sort of like they ad-lib the stuff. Um, here's a page, here's an outline, here's the general idea. Let's just sit around and have a conversation. And then I'll record it, and it feels like I'm peering in this guy's kitchen window. Uh, and, and on top of that, it's a time travel movie and it gets yeah. so convoluted not convoluted that's not so layered and and deep towards the end that it's hard to follow a little bit but every time you watch it you get to peel back another layer of understanding um do i completely understand every single thing that happened in the movie nope but i've watched it uh three to four or five times and i think i've almost wow. got it <laughs> Uh, that being said, that's what makes a great movie. You go back and rewatch it and peel back another layer, and now I love it even more. I want to watch it again. Uh, that's the yeah. number one I get, reaction I get from people that I show this movie to. As soon as it's over, they're like, oh my gosh, I almost want to watch it again. Either that or I couldn't follow it and I hate it. <laughs> but for an extremely low-budget independent film that costs six or seven grand, I, I think it's magnificent. Awesome. Uh, okay, 42 for me is the Lord of the Rings Extended Versions Trilogy. And this is all, to me, one big movie. I agree. Yeah. And not much in, needs to be said about the Lord of the Rings. You've probably seen the movies if you listen to the show. If not, they're great. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, could, I, could go into, I could go into Peter Jackson backstory and... Yeah. How the fright the frighteners got him this gig and blah blah blah, but it's a great movie and they're great movies. Let's go ahead and add Peter Jackson to our list of directors who we need to break down all of their works for uh, director spotlight. Because that would be a that would be a great one. Actually, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So. Uh, number forty one, and this one was a tough one for me to put above Primer, but I had to because of rewatchability, and this one's a little more rewatchable because of. Uh, easier to understand than primer and that is uh oh what's the director's name shit uh ryan johnson's brick ah wow okay this is another film that is uh, low budget independent but absolutely just brilliant uh the and it starts with the script this is one of those movies that shows the power of a good script and sure, the camera work is all fine, and the score is great, but it, it's all very 
uh, subtly done, but without that fantastic script, you do not have a fantastic movie. And this is a premium example of that. That uh, I don't care if it's The Avengers, $200 million, or Brick, that most people haven't heard of. You don't have a great script, you don't have a great movie. And yeah. this is a brilliant film. If you haven't seen it in a while, I encourage you to give it a rewatch. The Brick and Primer, those are both movies that I go to for uh, people that are really expanding into uh, becoming a cinephile and really, like, looking at movies different and wanting to, you know, well, let me see what's different that's out there. What's What What haven't I seen? What isn't getting played at the the movie theater with ten trailers every time in front of the friggin' movie? Mm, uh, yeah. Watch Brick. Watch Primer. I, I, I turned John on to both of those movies in a big way. Uh, and that always makes me feel so great. That's part of the reason that I wanted to do the podcast. It, it's, it, you know, it's it's telling my friends, hey, you need to see these other movies, and that's, you know, that's one of the, these are two examples of that, where they, and most of the time I show them to my friends, and they're like, holy shit, <laughs> that's amazing, yeah. and that, I, whenever I get that reaction from them, it just, that makes it all worth it, I feel so good, I love that. Excellent. Okay, last no movie thoughts on break? the, t- <laughs> no, well, I, I've only watched both of those movies one time, and Primer... Uh, I thought it was okay. I wouldn't mind rewatching it. it I think there's an HD bit... transfer on Netflix now. I think so too. Yes, I wouldn't mind giving that a rewatch. Uh, it it didn't do a whole lot for me the first time. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Brick, on the other hand, that was a great movie, great movie. But I've only watched it once, and I don't remember much about it other than the fact that I recall really liking it. Give it another try, and if you come across any yeah. Primer DVDs, they're out of print. And expensive. Oh, really? Oh, no kidding. Ah, uh, yes, and I have that. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always, I love, I always love hearing about yep. that. Okay. Uh, okay. Forty-one for me is the Polar Express. Robert Zemeckis. There's two Christmas movies on this on this list tonight. <laughs> um, I know Polar Express. It's already starting to be dated with the uh, CGI, especially with the face, with the faces of the kids, but. Um, this might be. This is probably the only example of a very kid-friendly type movie on my entire top 100. But the first time I watched this movie, uh, I will not lie, I got teary-eyed towards the end. I love this movie. This is a yearly event for me and and the wife. It's pretty much every Christmas Eve we watch the Polar Express. And there again, there's another reason why I like it so much is it because it's a tradition in our house now is we watch the Polar Express. Uh, so we know the songs and we know the story and we've got it in 3D and it's it's really good in 3D. Uh, and it's just a very... I like the fact that it's, it's not just a kid's movie, but Zemeckis tried to make it a little bit more artistic I guess you could say uh, at least it felt like that to me um, but I love the fact that even back when this movie was made they were really really pushing the envelope with CGI and motion capture uh, and all that good stuff but I love this movie and I never get tired of it I can't wait to watch it every year so. I still haven't seen it <laughs> Oh, I know so you, keep, you bring it up every year and every year I try and I, I just haven't got around to it but I am a huge fan of Zemeckis, and because if there's one thing you can say about Zemeckis, the dude is always really passionately trying. There, 
He is. He is. He, is. he, he never, like, oh, well, he mailed that one in. You know, there's some times where I feel like Spielberg just mailed that one in. Uh, I have never felt that way with Zemeckis, and maybe I'm just forgetting something, but I, I don't know. I I really dig the guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. And this one here, again, it, it, it makes me feel kind of young again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds hokey to say, but it really does. And that's... It gets a it official uh, part on this list because of because of that. So, all right, that's fine. I, hey, you can put anything you want on this list. That's okay. <laughs> and such uh, as it is, that wraps up another episode of the top one hundred. Uh, stay tuned. Next month we will have let's see forty through thirty one. We are winding down. It's getting harder each and every time. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next little bit. We were asked to give a review. My buddy Jeff uh, uh, from high school has asked asked us to review Four Lions. And I want to get that review in this episode. Um, <clears throat> we love that. If our audience wants us to review a movie, throw it at us. We'll give it a spin, you know? Yep. Uh, especially something like this. That was, as I recall... Surrounded by controversy in the wake of uh, 9-11 and such. I know it came out a few years after that, but nonetheless, it was still uh, very controversial. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on the movie. I am going to go, I'll give you a little, uh, see, I, I give it a thumbs up. I like this movie. It was funny, made me laugh all the way through. Uh, I missed... Probably a dozen of the jokes because uh, the path with which I was watching it did not have subtitles. Uh, so there were times where the, they would get frustrated and start switching to Arabic or whatever language they were speaking. And so I missed a few jokes. But nonetheless, I still watched all the way through. And I, th- I actually, for the most of it, I thought, oh, maybe I'm just not supposed to know what they're saying and they're just pissed off and yelling at each other. Yeah. And so even knowing now that I missed some of the jokes, it's sort of like, well, wow, that's a kind of a testament to the movie because I still enjoyed the movie and kept watching. Uh, I under, when they were British, uh, talking British, you know, heavy, heavy British accent where you could barely understand them, I, I could understand them okay. Um, but I give this movie a thumbs up, and I re- reservedly so. Please don't bomb me. Uh, <laughs> wholly controversial. This is a, uh, the the movie is about four uh, wannabe Jihadi, jihad yeah. terrorist bombers. That uh, <laughs> I mean, is there anything that you've seen this wacky and that uh, just makes them seem like freaking Three Stooges? It's it almost feels like it's dangerous to talk about this shit. Uh, yes. And therein lies the controversy. Now you have to give your opinion of it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I gave this a middling... It was... At the beginning, I'm like, oh, I'm going to love this. And it's funny, I love the characters. <clears throat> Excuse me. It went on a bit too long for me. Um, there were still enough moments in the movie that I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want to spoil anything. So I have to be careful what I say. Okay. Because things happen, and those things that like the major things that happen are really funny. Uh, but but it honestly here's here's my take on this is it still felt reserved with the subject matter at hand. They made 
Wow, really? I mean, there were certain things that to me they didn't even they didn't say. I'm like, you're not fully going for it here, uh, and I'm guessing it's because the filmmakers didn't want to get themselves murdered. Oh, uh, okay. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, obviously we can't talk about it because we'll get murdered. Uh, but yes, and some yeah, and we'll get kicked off. I again, we'll get kicked off. <laughs> it's not important that we'll get murdered. We'll get kicked off iTunes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, freaking Michael Bay. Yeah. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. But I'll tell you, they, as far as pushing that envelope with that crowd, I'd say you went about as far as you could possibly go. And then looking into you know some of the uh, IMDb page, it's like all those actors are just all listed there, and there's their name. And I'm just sort of like. Are, do you guys, are you afraid? Because, it, it, seriously, yeah. if you, again, I guess we haven't talked about the plot of this movie. This is, if you would take four jihad terrorists and combine it with the Three Stooges. That's kind of what it's like. They're just bumbling idiots. It, it, yes. And it's not like Ameri- Team America World Police where they're, we're Americans straight mocking you. It's like, we're Muslims straight mocking the whole concept of jihad, Muslim bombers, yes. and yes, ooh, it's it's, <laughs> and it would have been easier to swallow if it had been all Americans, but it's all like British, and all all yes, like I know where there's a lot of Muslims, and I mean, wow, do you think those guys just still hang out in Britain, still live there? I mean, mm. wouldn't you be afraid? Yeah. <sighs> Everything about the movie, I will admit, though, is like I wouldn't have been one of those actors. I that's just you got to admit, though, that Br- the the real British white guy that was part of their crew, he was the funniest. He was person. easily the, he was easily the funniest part of the movie. Yes, uh, it was it yes. was just so weird watching him walk around at the the, the Muslim getup and be like, "Oh, you don't know, bro. You don't you don't you know like just total British. Yeah. Like there was no." Yeah. Uh, Arabic Muslim Hiding anything it. to him. Uh, you did see uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, in, as I, the, uh, that as was why I went to IMDb. I was like, "Is that Benedict Cumberbatch?" That can't be. Oh, yep, sure enough, it is Benedict Cumberbatch in <laughs> this movie. Uh, but so, nonetheless, I like I said, I give it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Uh, hmm. that is a very touchy, interesting movie, especially yeah. considering when it came out and ah. Uh, Man, I, yeah. I, hey, kudos to the balls on those guys that made the movie. Yes. Good good, good on you. Yeah. We yep. support you from afar and on, from under, afar, under yep. fear and behind blast glass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, if you feel we didn't review it well enough or you want more in-depth detail on what we think of it, let us know. And if, for the rest of the audience, if you want us to watch some crappy movie, we will, unless it's Asylum. Uh in that, in which case, yeah, they... eh, we'll say we watched yeah. the movie. It was a, we started it. It said Asylum. We turned it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if there is a movie that you're very curious about, should I give it a chance? Let us know. We'll dive on that grenade for you. Yep. <laughs> Bad timing with the four lions. Oh, nice! No, okay. <laughs> well played. <Okay. laughs> it was whimsical and magical. Oh. <laughs> Wow, dude. Okay, we got a little bit of time left. Let's 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 check a couple of the recently watched off our list. You're gonna cut that out, right? You're gonna cut that nope. out, right? Nope, right. I'm not. <laughs> Eugene was burning Thai, and 
Uh, let's see, this is 8-21-2015, so Dear Ty at 8-21-2017, when you're actually listening to this, <laughs> Eugene yeah. feels a little bad about the joke he made in your expense. Yeah, yes. Or Ty, when you're 45 years old, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're so mean. Now I'm going to have to cut this out because it's gone too far. Okay. As Steve sits here, it's just, just there, just weeping, laughing, like, like laughing. on a Tuesday. <laughs> just I listen to it all on Tuesday. I'm caught up. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate yes. you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Okay. A little more focused. Let, let's dive into recently watched. We got a little bit of time. We can check a couple of these things off our list. I'm sure next episode okay. will probably be a great big review episode. I got a lot of stuff on yes. deck. My buddy Dave's giving me a bunch more voodoo codes. So uh, I've got a ton of crap I want to talk about. Um, last episode I teased the imitation game. So I definitely want to review that one. I will start there. Uh, rock solid Oscar material. That's about it. If you've seen it, you know, if you haven't, you don't. I'm not going to... I mean, do I spend a lot of time breaking down such mainstream uh, fare? We always try and watch the Best Picture nominees. And, you know, it lived up to it. I, I, I fully dug the movie. But, like a lot of those kind of Oscar dramas, is it one that I'm going to run out to buy the Blu-ray so that I can re-watch this thing every year? Probably not. I don't know if I'll even ever watch it again. Maybe long down the road... But other than that, it's and and not because it was like oh it was too sad or it was too, uh, it was just a fine drama film and very well acted and very well shot. You'll enjoy it uh, if you haven't seen it already. I don't think you've seen that one. No, I have yeah. not. Nope, yeah, definitely give it a sh- keep it on the Oscar list. You need to watch it. Uh, other than that, okay. Yeah, I'm probably not going to buy it. Uh, okay. N- uh, go ahead and give us one. What do you got? Okay, um, so I'm going to talk briefly about the other. Uh, roulette movie that that yes. I watched after the uh, Antarctic movie. I watched Von Ryan's Express, uh, thinking, you know what, give this one a shot. Nineteen sixty-five, World War Two, Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's maybe. a long shot. Frank was in a lot of crappy yeah. movies, so. Eh. Yep, and here's another <laughs> one. <laughs> um, way, way too long. Great idea. Great idea. It's basically a knockoff of uh, The Great Escape. It's American leads a bunch of bumbling other people to escape whatever, and it goes on for far too long, and it's way too... And I, I hate to say... I know it was made in the, the 60s, but it's way too family-friendly. For the subject matter that it is, like concentration, or like prisoner of war camp... That- and that's not Nazis and understandable for the '60s, though that was before the '70s it is, cinema yeah. revolution, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But but Sinatra, eesh, oh, it's like being separated from the fact that he was a great musician. It's like he wasn't the greatest actor, in my opinion. And just watching this, it's no, he definitely was not. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. But it, there's several action beats in the movie that are okay. The end action scene where there was a couple of Nazi airplanes was okay, but there were numerous times through this movie where I'm like, uh, turn it off, just turn it off. And they're like, no, no, I'm going to check this off the list and so I can talk about it. I watched the whole thing so I could talk about it on this show. 
Uh, otherwise, I would have turned it off. It got one and a half stars. Uh, it was a long shot. You know, anytime I see Sinatra, I'm like, that's a long shot. No matter yeah, how cool so. it sounds. Yep, skip it. it. It's a dud. Okay, no problem. I mm, probably will. <laughs> Might turn it on for a Sunday <laughs> afternoon nap. You never know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. What do I want to touch on next? Uh, Ex Machina. Have you seen this one? Okay. Yes. I thought you had talked about it. I wasn't sure yep. if you had or not, but uh, anyway, I got this one from the library, and it was <clears throat> awesome. Uh, eh, was it awesome? I take that back. It was very good. Uh, I enjoyed the movie, <laughs> as the bulk of it, uh, up until, I mean, the, the very end, closer, when things are starting to get resolved, I was like, you know, there was a lot of cool different ways you could go, not necessarily that I was demanding a twist, but there were a lot of other cool ways that I was envisioning this was... Like, I'm always trying to figure out the twist, and so I'm like, oh, you could go this way or that way, or that'd be cool, that'd be crazy, or he's the robot, or, uh, you know, she was already... Mm -hmm. She already knew, and uh, blah, 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 but they didn't do any of them, and it went straight forward. And I thought that was a little disappointing, uh, because there were so many opportunities for different uh, paths and I, I mm -hmm. vague review I, sh I need a sounder for that vague review warning or something like that but yes I'm being vague on purpose so I don't give anything away yeah um, but it was expertly shot very well acted it was you know it, the the story was fine I guess maybe my expectations were uh, a little off kilter and that didn't have anything to do with you or anybody else. Just, you know, was like, oh, yeah. right from the get-go, I'm like, oh, I bet this is the twist or that, or this guy can go this way or that way. And it's sort of just like A, B, C, D, the end. And it was like, uh... they did a couple of things that I really liked. There was a, especially, um, this is gonna, might sound a little weird, but towards the end, there's a stabbing or two. And I thought it was... Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought it was uh, funny because in our conversations over the last couple of weeks, uh, talking about a project we've been working on, uh, I had mentioned to you that I think it would be better oh, if yeah. the knife went in really slowly instead of specifically stabbed into the hilt really fast. It'd just go real slow. And in this movie, the knife goes in like a machine, real slow. And it made it way worse. Like, it made it way more hardcore. And I yeah. thought, I, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, that's what I was talking about. That's what I was trying mm -hmm. to tell Eugene about. Like, that, this, that's how yep. it would look. <laughs> and now I don't even know if we can do that because they did, they freaking did it. But <laughs> they, Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, I, I really, actually, I really, really liked the end of that movie. I thought that it was, even though it was more straightforward, I liked that they just went for it, and it was uncomfortable. And I totally dug that movie. Good, good stuff. I, I agree. I, again, I'm I'm not so much knocking the ending as maybe my expectations yeah. were a little different. Or could I just get a word in with the writers? Like, hey, maybe this. <laughs> yeah. But nah. what do I know? I don't make movies. Yeah. Back to you. Give me one more, and okay. then we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Okay. Um, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, 
you've listened to my most recent episode of Soft Underbelly, where I talk uh, in depth about the documentary that I watched, Forty Second Street. Yes, Correct? yes, obviously the open. Uh, should I? Should I? Should I hit on that at all, or should I go with something else? Yeah, go ahead and hit on that. That would make sense for the okay. open. I was trying to give a teaser, or not a teaser, give a thing there, like, uh, oh, hey, maybe you should go listen to Cinema Soft okay. Underbelly to okay. get that joke. But if you haven't subscribed to that show, you definitely should. Go ahead and tell us about uh, Ass, okay. Fassa, Bassa, Spara, oh, Spara, boy. Yes. I can't pronounce the title As- of that movie again. As- asparagus. asparagus. <laughs> uh, so Asparagus <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aspergers is about this <laughs> Asper Asperger asparagus. Yes. Uh anthropho Fagus? Yeah, that's as close as it's, you got to it. I think that's uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I've seen it the, I've uh, seen the, it, the picture up so many times on Facebook and other movie sites that I follow and I still look at it in bewilderment. You called it what was the American title? The Grim Reaper? The, the yeah. Grim The Grim Reaper, yes. So The Grim Reaper. <laughs> so I got the Blu-ray of that movie and the movie itself is good. I've watched it numerous times. Eh, you did not I review it good. Come on, be honest. The movie itself yeah. is a negative and the documentary is the Yeah, it, the, Yes. So okay, so he's absolutely right. The movie I I've watched the movie numerous times and every time I watch it I'm like this is good. <laughs> And, uh, no, not so much. It's okay. Um, here is why you need to own this Blu-ray. No, and that is no the... I don't. That, they will slap that somewhere on the internet that I can find it, or they'll put it... They should put it out as its own documentary, because it seems like it has absolutely F-all to do with asparagus. It, it does. It, it Seriously, you're right. It, it does have... No, it has nothing the, to do the, with that the, movie. Eventually, because... there'll be a side release of a, yeah. just the documentary, and I can watch that. Yeah. You will, I mean, if ever a documentary screamed you, it, it's that. It is so interesting. And basically, real quick here, if you have not listened to my episode where I talk about it, it's uh, about the rise and fall of 42nd Street in New York City and what it used to be, and which is now Broadway. Uh, it, it's a line of seedy movie theaters showing either porn or showing weird Italian movies that have been renamed for the American audience, drugs, prostitution, everything. Um, it is such an interesting watch. I was in New York City, and I was on the Disney-fied broad... Yeah. You know, I, w- I was there to, to see it, and so it's just interesting to see what it used to be like, and it was like... It was legitimately dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like... I might I might get murdered going into this theater to watch Make Them Die Slowly or uh, any number of, of weird horror movies from back in the day. And I just, I love hearing stories about that. And it makes, it brings up so many movies that I've seen in my past that kind of sort of take place around that area. You know, uh, Maniac is a great example. Like Maniac is a great one to where it feels like that area, that seedy, creepy, dirty, slimy area. And, and Martin yeah, Scorsese... Early, I was going to say, early Scorsese nailed that as well. You kind of feel like anytime yes. you're in New York in the 70s, there's a good chance you're getting stabbed. And if you're a woman, yep. you're yes. getting raped. And it's it's happening yes. 10 feet yep. off the street in an alleyway. And nobody's doing yes. shit about it. <laughs> yep. 
But it, it, the things that went on in these movie theaters and this, the stories that these people have are so fascinating and interesting because it's not like we're, what we're used to today is, like you said earlier on the show, 10 movie trailers in nice, comfy leather seats, booming surround sound. And uh, still kind man. of a chance that you might get shot. You never know. You, got, you might get shot. Yes, exactly. But, I shouldn't be laughing about just, that, but it's... <laughs> yes, yes. But hearing hearing the stories from these people, it, uh, it's so fascinating, and I, I just the biggest smile on my face listening to this because I'm like, it just if I could have just experienced one night of walking down the real Forty Second Street and just seeing all of the you know, here's a porn theater followed by a horror movie theater followed by this and this and this and this and the double features were hilarious. It's I, that's totally up my alley. The, the 70s New York and cinema, I forget about it. That's that's all me. Yeah. I, I love it. I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, hopefully they will release a documentary. Uh, just the standalone documentary of it. Yeah. So I don't have to yeah. sit through Aftherapos. Asperger's Asparagus Part 5. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and save the rest of this for uh, next episode, and we'll do a giant review show. Uh, but that gives us the opportunity for a little bit of a tease before we wrap this up. I will have uh, Gone Girl, finally, David Fincher's latest. Mm. I will be checking off the list. Got that from the library. Probably be watching that one tomorrow night. Uh, Arrow Season 2, I finally, finally finished up. A Trip to the Moon from 1902, a silent film. I got that one wrapped off my list. And Justice League, Gods and Monsters, a re-envisioning that I thought I would hate. Did I? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what do you have to tease us with? Um, so I've got a couple movies that I'm, I'm still working through, some Blu-rays that, that I've been watching, and I'll hit on some of those on next episode. I uh, also want to talk about Woman in Black 2, The Angel of Death. I watched that on Netflix, but that will be for next uh, next episode. Uh, and there's one or two Blu-rays that I may or may not have by next episode that I will have watched as well, but I'll save that for then. All right. Sounds good. As always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com with any... Uh, help topics suggestions uh, criticisms uh, trollings movies you want us to review whatever the hell you want to do uh please visit our friends cinema sidekicks and cinema soft underbelly both on itunes and remember friends um oh, i was gonna have a joke but i don't have a joke uh, no i got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing i just gotta pee really bad and I guess that's nothing jihadi. Nothing no, jihadi. I was trying to think or... of a joke with Forty Second Street and Seventies, but nope. The end of the day, I just have to pee, so it's time to wrap this up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. See ya. See ya.